So, Chris, you just bought a house. Uh, you'll be moving in July sometime. And that Lotto Max jackpot, $70 million, certainly would help you furnish the place. I know you were at the Chesterfield uh, shop this weekend looking around for some sort of furnishings because you've got this sprawling, what is it, a sprawling estate you bought um, with all your millions? That's it. Crescent um I've what are you calling uh, it? Crescent, Crescent Mobile in the Crescent Cave. If you win that Lalo Mats jackpot, it's up for grabs again. 70 million bucks, seven weeks, largest pool, prize pool in uh, Canada in history, I think, in the lotteries. And um, you add on all those max millions, it's a lot more than 70 million dollars. I think it's something like 128 million. Ridiculous. Maybe Your what I would in- do is buy up the whole neighborhood and then rent out houses to my friends. Oh, you are an evil genius. By the way, your odds of winning and fulfilling that dream won in $33.2 million. But as a good producer does, you bring us to the topic at hand. The Globe and Mail and the Toronto Star are reporting that a Toronto-based condo developer is planning to buy a billion dollars worth of single-family homes and use them as rental properties. Have you heard about this? Critics are not happy. They slam this as a way for companies to profit from the country's housing crisis But I have to wonder if it's that simple. Core Development Group, they target eight cities in Ontario, Hamilton, London, Kingston, St. Catharines, Barrie, Peterborough, Cambridge, and the fine folks in Guelph. And they say they'll do this before uh, expanding outside Ontario um, after 2026. Ron Butler is a mortgage broker with Butler Mortgage, and he joins the show to add some uh, perspective on this story. Ron, good to have you on. Morning. Good to be here. So, Ron, this creates rental stock at the same time depleting the inventory for people who want to buy a single-family home. Is this Can this plan be both good and bad at the same time? Because there's two ways to look at this. You could say that there's an advantage in having more single-family rental stock. Absolutely. But the problem is that supply is not keeping up with demand in any way, shape, or form. So you remove 2,500 houses from the possible purchase supply, you're just making the problem worse. And the weirdest part of all to this thing is, these are the communities where the prices have increased the fastest, the most, the, the, the borderline most ridiculous in all of Ontario. Like Guelph is up probably in some neighborhoods 50% in 12 months. That's not natural for a housing market to go up 50% in 12 months. That's basically crazy. Yeah, well, and that is true. We're seeing the areas just on the outskirts of the GTA, you know, the the increased in uh, housing cost is at about 50%. Now, this plan aims to be quite extensive. This developer says they will uh, be looking for 4,000 rental units in Ontario, Quebec, BC, and Atlantic Canada. Is there a, like, in eventually, that's where they'll spread out to. Is there a province that could benefit most from their plan? Is there any one that actually could benefit? You could conceive of Alberta possibly having some uh, upside to this, even from a corporate point of view. But truly, in these marketplaces in Vancouver, Fraser Valley, GTA, Hamilton, all of Ontario, even Quebec has experienced extreme price growth in the last 12 months. Uh, it's it's just hard for me to fathom in a country that apparently has a supply problem based mm-hmm. on the prices we see, that we should take more stock out of the purchase pool. Well, we've seen this before because apparently after the 2008 financial crisis, 
American companies started to buy up stock, but they were going for a song. I remember a lot of people looking down to Florida thinking this is the time to go down and buy some property in Florida. Is this a sign that development groups um, and developers here in Canada think that housing prices are going to continue to climb? Because arguably, they're very high right now. Well, you made the very best point. This philosophy of corporations buying single-family homes actually came out of that 2008 financial crisis in the U.S. where house prices cratered, and it was simply uh, a decision made by corporations to say, this is the lowest point. We have a lot of upside here. Uh, and also a lot of fair rental cost. I mean, you didn't have to buy at the top of the market and then try to figure out a very high rent that would support that kind of purchase. So as I said, in so many ways, this whole announcement does not make a lot of sense. These folks are actually contemplating buying at the absolute top of a market. So that's the opposite of what Mm -hmm. happened in the United States. Well, I understand that companies, they have been investing in apartment buildings and rental units for decades in Canada. So this this getting into the residential rental market isn't new, but uh, the the profit comes from, and this is where uh, people would wonder, why would you invest in that? I guess it's a stable investment, but the profit comes from rental increases in this case. So how is this going to translate to affordability issues in the long run? Because if rental, if the housing, uh, the corporations that own housing properties that are being rented or rented rather, increase the cost of rentals, uh, other rental uh, property owners, you know, small ma and pa's are going to look and say, well, I guess I can get more for mine. And then we're creating an even bigger problem, a problem where it's it's even hard to get into the rental market. Exactly. Uh, the, the truth is that people who own one or two rentals in many cases have pretty accepted relationships with their tenants. And sometimes those tenants are even getting a decent deal on that single family home. Uh, this does bring in another influence to say, well, if this corporation thinks they can raise these rents and make money off of peak purchase pricing, then maybe I should raise the rents too. As I said, I just don't see this as being beneficial to the public in any way. Mm-hmm. I was reading in the interview with the star, uh, the founder of that core development that plans to buy up a billion dollars in, in single housing a single family houses and rent them out, says, quote, we're trying to provide an environment where our tenants, that's young families, students, divorcees, can rent a place and get an experience with the neighborhood that they can't afford to buy in. He said the company's not participating in bidding wars for homes they purchase. Most of them are already rental homes. How is it possible that when we are hearing, Ron, that bidding wars are standard now, wherever you go, that they are like, are they going into neighborhoods and are they convincing people to sell en masse? Is that is that probably a tactic that they're taking if they're not getting involved in bidding wars? It's really puzzling to know how that you can avoid a bidding war in many of these markets that they're discussing in Ontario. Uh, it's it's simply unheard of in some of the mm-hmm. places that they're discussing. So I don't have a good answer for that. But as far as the gentleman who suggested he sympathized with renters and wanted to give them a chance in these neighborhoods i I sometimes think that his level of sympathy is similar to that of which a lion has for gazelle uh i i just don't see it i mean the whole prospect of corporate purchase of rental properties is to provide a minimum 15 percent return on the rents in some cases those mom and pops you talked about who own these properties they're pretty comfortable breaking even on the rent and just living with the capital appreciation, most of which they've already experienced if they bought five years ago. They've done very well. Again, this whole concept of corporate 
purchase of rental properties at what could arguably be the top of the real estate market, it's just very hard to understand. I love your lion and gazelle analogy because, you know, the lion only takes what it can eat, what it can eat. It doesn't take more than it needs. It needs this much uh, for its plan to satiate itself and it'll leave the rest of the pack. However, that said, uh, this is what uh, core development is claiming. They're like, we're not taking that much. It's only one percent. It's actually less than one percent of the rental market. Well, one of the key things is that if you're if you're prepared if you're dedicated to purchasing like you've you've set aside this money you have to spend the money once you've you've effectively said oh, we are going to do this we've announced the plan money's be spent mortgages will be borrowed we will buy these properties you're committed to it and that means no matter what they talk about avoiding top price points i just don't know based on everything you and i have seen in this marketplace i don't know how you avoid somehow not paying more. Um, it just again, things about this whole thing don't make sense to me, uh, and I can't see if even if the public is we're only talking about one percent of the market. That's one percent the the public who wants to buy a home doesn't get access to. One mm. more percent they don't get access to. And we have a, a, a housing situation where we just don't have enough stock. We don't have enough rental stock. We don't have enough uh, single-family dwellings for people to buy into. Can municipalities or even the province do anything to stop this practice of developers buying up uh, family homes to rent out? There's no, there's nothing in provincial or municipal regulations that could possibly stop this. I mean, the, this, this was really never contemplated, the buying of single-family homes by a large corporation. And there's really no ability for any government to react to it. That's just the way this, no one ever anticipated this would happen. Well, that's just the way the cookie crumbles? Basically. uh, It's not going to be stopped. If they choose to proceed, they will proceed. Nothing could stop them from buying these properties. And at the end of the day, the only thing that could stop them is the market. If the market finally turns and it's clear there's not going to be any sustained appreciation on the price of these houses for the next five years, they're going to be scratching their heads of why they're, you know, accepting a bunch of break-even rents. Yeah, and do you see the market changing? I just don't know. I mean, all I can tell you is this. I don't know of any market where the price of a house in Guelph or Lindsay or North uh, Peter Pickering or Oxbridge has gone up 40 or 50% in 12 months. That's just not the way real estate was designed to work in any way, shape, or form. It's unheard of. Ron, I want to thank you for joining the show. It's been a pleasure talking to you and and getting your expertise uh, and your opinion on this storyline. Thanks again. Thanks for having me. Take care. Have a great day. Cheers.